Parks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing the food companies that made Time's Best 100 Inventions of 2021 list and a new Starbucks concept store that uses Amazon Go Just Walk Out technology. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, food industry journalist and webinar moderator for Xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Mira Nabolsi. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about Time Magazine's 100 Best Inventions of 2021 list. So every year, Time composes a list of their 100 Best Inventions that have either disrupted their categories or changed the way we live for the better. And a lot of the categories are expansive and they include things like artificial intelligence, fitness, medical care. But what's important to me is food and drink. So here are the top 100 inventions in, well, three of them, in the food and drink category that made this year's list. And I chose to write about this because um, one of them and then another one that was sort of on the honorable mention side, uh, Mira and I had written about before. So I thought it was pretty cool that we had our fingers on the pulse there. But I'll start off with a relatively simple one, which is called Cascatelli. So this is a new pasta shape um, that was invented by a foodie and a podcast host named Dan Pashman. So there's over 600 pasta shapes in in existence, but none of them were good enough for him. I know, 600, right? (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Um, But since he couldn't find a pasta shape that held the perfect amount of sauce, stayed on the fork, and had that satisfying al dente bite, he invented his own and called it the Cascatelli. So this invention is a relatively low-tech one compared to the others that made the list. However, it took three years and several prototypes for him to perfect. He landed on a short ruffled noodle with a half-tube shape. And it's manufactured by an existing pasta company, I believe it's pronounced Foglini. And it has sold nearly 300,000 pounds of Cascatelli since debuting in March. And unfortunately for consumers that want to get their hands on it, it is out of stock um, for the time being, completely sold out, not sure when it's going to be back. But when it is back, a four-pack of it, which is four pounds, sells for $19.96. So if you look at my article, the image of the new pasta shape is, is the uh, image up top and looks fantastic to me. It kind of reminds me of uh, lasagna noodle with the ruffled edges, but I would be very uh, interested in trying this. Now, the second one that I talked about is Saver Pack, which is uh, a company that I wrote about uh, back in January of this year. So the California-based startup Saver Pack earned a spot on the list for its invention that aimed to eliminate food waste and prevent delivered foods from getting soggy. So the company has a high-tech food packet, which sort of resembles a silica gel packets that come in certain foods and commercial products. And it can be uh, placed inside delivery containers to wick away moisture and reduce humidity. 
And the company in October also unveiled new delivery packaging prototype um, that claims to keep food at a safe temperature for more than 20 minutes. And of course, everyone hates cold food, but once it drops below 140 degrees, bacteria can form on the surface. So it's not only an invention, uh, you know, for the keep preserving the deliciousness of food, but also for keeping it safe as well. So Making it on the Times uh, Best 100 Invention list is only one of many achievements and recognitions for the company. They've garnered a ton of industry recognition and won awards in a lot of categories at last year's World Food Innovation Awards and among other awards from Venture Madness and, um, you know, other awards. But if you want to learn more about the company, you can check out my previous profile on Saber Pack. And the third invention um, is a company that I'd never heard of before, but very much fits into what Mira and I write about, and it's called Kulina. So this is a San Francisco-based food tech startup, um, and uh, what they do is they make sushi-grade plant-based tuna made from algae, bamboo, koji, potato, radish, and other vegan-friendly ingredients. Um, And one thing that I find that vegan fish products are uh, often you know, discredited for is that they don't have the same, um, you know, levels of iron, omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin B12 to traditional fish. Um, But this company is different since they do have comparable levels of those things. So Kulina's tuna is also free from harmful substances often found in the the flesh of fish like mercury, microplastics, and cholesterol. And if, if, um, you know, vegan tuna is adopted at mass, it could also help alleviate the environmental damage caused by overfishing. And much like real tuna, the alternative can be eaten in ceviche, poke bowls, and um, sushi. And uh, interestingly enough, the tuna is already available at various poke bar locations uh, around the nation, blue, blue sushi sake grill restaurants, um, and, and some markets in the West Coast as well. And the company also plans to add a plant-based salmon to its lineup in the future. And honestly, this list would very much be incomplete if they didn't have a plant-based innovator on there. And another one that made the special mentions list that Mira had written about before is Melibio, which makes use of synthetic biology and precision fermentation to make honey without the bees. And you can also check out Mira's previous coverage on that as well. Thank and you. then yeah, no problem. <laughs> Just plug Shut there. <laughs> Shout out to Vera. And then the two others that made the list were um, Upside Foods, which is a maker of cultured chicken, and then Inner Plant, which is a startup that edits the DNA of plants to enable them to grow a certain color when the plant is under attack from pests or fungal infection or is stressed from lack of water. So yeah, those are the food and beverage companies that made it on the list this year. Like I said, I thought it was pretty cool that Mira and I sort of predicted, um, you know, that or we just chose to write about things that gained uh, uh, a lot of attention. And of course, it's it's awesome for these companies. But um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on um, the ones that made the list? Um, are you surprised about the pasta one? <laughs> I'm a I little just... surprised about that one. <laughs> I feel like you just read my mind or I'm just thinking read your <laughs> mind, vice versa. It's like, yeah, the pasta one is kind of surprising because, you know, among 600 shapes, do we really need another one? But I mean, looking at it, it's it's 
it's a very unique shape and why not right like why not try it out so like if i i saw it in the store i would definitely give it a try but it's funny like sometimes the simplest things or seemingly simplest things um still have the appeal but yeah it's very cool how you both picked up or you know uh, covered these uh innovations in your throughout the year so you guys were definitely on the ball (laughs) As our yeah. food industry experts. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it was that shocking to do, to find things that would make the list because I think a lot of these companies that we did cover, Sydney, correct me if I'm wrong, tackle issues that have been spoken about in mainstream media, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, people complaining about soggy food, for example. Mm-hmm. So obviously a company would come up with something or like me covering Melly Bio is because of the honey issue and the bees and the rights of bees and all that kind of stuff. So... I think this list is uh, definitely, we're definitely on point with things, which is great to hear. But yeah, the pasta one, that's interesting to me. It's like, just because there is 600 types of pasta doesn't mean we actually need more. I don't know. You know what I mean? But like, it's like, I think he's trying to challenge something that's, you know, um, challengeable. I don't know. But like what I recently covered, though, is like a plant-based pastas. So a lot of companies have started to introduce plant-based pastas, even though there are already plant-based pastas in the market, right? But it's like, oh, stuffed ravioli, because, you know, um, ravioli is stuffed with cheese usually. So things like that, um, that I've been seeing. But yeah, that's my initial take on that. Yeah, it kind of proves that, you know, areas where we thought there could be no more innovation, there still is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and the two others that I talked about are definitely um, areas in which I think the pandemic has helped them, uh, you know, grow and expand food delivery for one and then um, plant-based alternatives as well. So I'm definitely not surprised to see these on the list. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate that they, uh, got a a lot of range in there in terms of like low tech to, to more high tech too, um, just to maybe in, get some more input from consumers as well, because this pasta clearly sold out really quickly and it was adored by those that got their hands on it. And yeah, I'd be curious to try it too, but, um, it's also interesting how many pasta shapes there are and how many we actually know. <laughs> I could probably name 10 and that's about it. That's true. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah come to think of it. <laughs> yeah, like what are these hundreds of shapes? I know. Uh, I guess we're missing out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the... Um, what was it? The the pack, this saver pack, I think that was pretty genius um, when I heard about that. I think, Sydney, you wrote about that, like soggy fries and soggy, you know, the whole era of food delivery, especially um, that has increased during the pandemic. Like, I think that was just genius, like to come out with these um these saver packs that can prevent food from getting uh, soggy. So I thought that was a very, very uh, unique and very innovative innovation. <laughs> yes. 100%. Compared to the pasta, but yeah. <laughs> and the, the, uh, the founder of the, of saver pack, it, it was, I think he was like an aerospace engineer or something yeah. in that realm beforehand. So he um, took his expertise and then transformed it into, um, you know, the food industry, which is always really cool to see. Yeah. 
Uh, with that, Mira, I'll, uh, I'll pass it over to you. Thank you so much, Sydney. So talking more about innovation, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Starbucks new concept store. And uh, they're working with Amazon Go's Just Walkout technology to create this new space for customers. So Starbucks and Amazon Go joined first forces and are bringing a new digital and physical retail space to Starbucks customers in New York City. So the first store that they are opening is in New York. So the store combines um, the idea of Starbucks pickup with Amazon Go. So for those that aren't familiar with Amazon Go, it's a, a supermarket where you walk in, grab your things and walk out without having to go to a teller or pay in cash or anything like that. So besides having an easy checkout experience at this New York City location, um, Starbucks wanted to offer customers a modernized lounge seating area with individualized um, workspaces, expanded tables, power outlets, and USB ports. So the menu at Starbucks will have um, the same menu that we all see, but also a curated assortment of foods and beverages that are found in the Amazon Go market. So the way the pictures describe the space is basically a, a, a Starbucks store like we've known it to be. Um, it's cashierless, so there is no cashier, but you do order something off the app. Um, and then uh, you'll have screens in the store that show you where to pick up your drink from. And then um, if you wish to, you know, grab extra food, for example, from the Amazon on market, you just scan your um, in-store code or use your shopping app or the Amazon One or a credit card and you just go into the Amazon Go market and over there you can grab anything from a sandwich to a juice to anything like that and then make your way over to a seating area or you could just head out. So the idea here is to merge the um, concept that we all love and enjoy, which is reduced wait time, so no, having no lines, um, the idea of um, contactless pay, and, um, you know, people loving technology, but at the same time not fully getting rid of real humans. So having an interactive space where you could sit on a, you know, a shared workspace table or your own table. And it's kind of creating a new balance and a new realm for people that go to Starbucks. Um, so the, the one that just opened up is um, in New York City on uh, 59th Street between Park and Lexington, but they are planning on opening a few more. A second one will be built in the New York Times building later next year. Um, and this is part of Starbucks trade area transformation st strategy that will help build on the strength of digital customer relationships at Starbucks, but also meeting the demand of evolving consumers. Um, this may seem like an out of the ordinary digital experience, but I guess with the idea of having in contact, in person interactions with employees, um, it creates kind of a balance for people that may not so easily approve of something like this. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that because we brought it up in our previous podcast about the idea of technology no longer becoming scary to the customer. Um, it's not taking over jobs or we're not going to be, you know, invaded by robots and things like that. So I just wanted to know how you felt about this new Starbucks concept store or cafe rather. It's just crazy to me that like to huge names i mean starbucks and amazon like partnering it's just was it i think it was just bound to happen or what like this just like 
it's just wow, like when I, you know, heard about this. Um, and I think you're right. I think consumers, as we did talk about before, are more open to technology. And I think it's all about convenience when it comes to to consumer demands now. It's, you know, people don't want to be waiting around in lines and Starbucks lines are kind of notoriously long yep. and, and being quite long and things like that you know what and actually i'm talking about this i, I wonder are, is it going to be personalized still with your name and things like that <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be it'll be a lot easier actually um they won't less chance of getting your name wrong on yeah. the cup <laughs> yeah exactly right? yeah. so i think this is pretty genius although you know i'm always a skeptic of these huge conglomerate huge companies you know but I think it's it's pretty cool and we'll see how it goes um it it doesn't seem as innovative as I thought it would be because you know when you started out talking about okay there's a concept store and then Amazon Go and but it just seems like it's a just a self-checkout thing with a couple of people around to help you is is there more to it or yeah, it's basically that. It's also the idea of the Amazon Go market, which has been mm-hmm. spoken about a lot, which is cool to have in a Starbucks store, I guess, because they wanted to create a, a workspace for people um, that mm-hmm. can also get, you know, snack and things like that. So I think the idea here is mostly digitizing what, what already exists and putting it all in one place. Um, so in a sense, not really much innovation, but uh, on the other realm, it's introducing a new norm to customers, I think. Yeah, I think this is brilliant on uh, the part of Starbucks because as we, I think it was last week, we spoke about um, first party data. I feel like this is a awesome way to snatch up that Ooh, valuable yeah. data from consumers because um, I'm not exactly sure what uh, what they have to do in order to, uh, you know, what the process looks like from ordering to sitting down. But I would imagine that somewhere within that process, uh, some data is collected, mm-hmm. whether it be just even your name or your email or something like that. Um, I think it's a great way for, you know, without consumers even knowing it, uh, to maybe give away some of their data. And especially if they're trying to keep them there as well, um, you know, getting on the Wi-Fi and things like that often requires like your email address. Um, the store itself looks beautiful, though. And I um, I wonder if it will garner so much, um, you know, attention that the lines will still be oh, long no. regardless. <laughs> Yeah, so um, in terms of what you were talking about, Sunny, yes, so there is a Starbucks app, but this app already exists, and mm. you can already order from the app now. So let's say I'm on my way out, and I want to go to my nearest Starbucks, I could find it on my Starbucks app, and I could order I it, yeah. just, just as you would using Ritual or the McDonald's app that we spoke about, and things like that. So the app does exist, it takes your information, it does all of that, and you have to, you know, I agree to the terms and conditions, all of that jazz exists in the <laughs> You're app, in the trap so, already. <laughs> yeah, you're already in the trap, but they're just making it more like, there are no cashiers here, there's a pro, there's, you know, a screen at the store that tells you nearest order ready for pickup you just walk up pick it up go take a seat so there isn't much wait time is that what is what they're talking about but they didn't say they would eliminate it it'd just be reduced right so (laughs) you know if it's 12 o'clock everyone's coming for their midday coffee then the process of picking up your coffee would probably be a bit longer than going in off peak hours but um yeah and then the amazon go also has an app so 
using the Amazon shopping app, you could scan it on the entrance, walk into the store, pick up an item. But what's so cool about this technology, which we haven't spoken about, is once you pick up an item, it automatically goes into your virtual shopping cart. And once you put it back on the shelf, it automatically gets deleted. How? I have no idea. They have this like sensory <laughs> thing. I don't know. But you walk out and you get charged, you know, within a few hours and get a receipt sent to you. So it's like this whole new technology of not having to scan your item, for example. Mm. You literally take it off a shelf. And if you don't do, want to... Do you, you scan it, it at that point somehow no. in your app or... Oh. You don't scan it, apparently. That's my understanding. You just pick it off the shelf. I don't know how. I don't know what the technology with my hand has to do with my phone. But that's my understanding. It's called just walk out technology. And you literally just walk out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Amazon Go is like really banking on these kind of ideas. And now Starbucks is like, you know what? Let's just morph our two ideas because we're kind of trying to build the same thing is what I assume happened here. But who am I? I'm not the CEO of Starbucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, how does it necessarily differ from mobile ordering? Um, it doesn't much. Uh, the idea here is just that you don't have to stand in a line to pick up your order. You order it from your phone and you don't have that option. So it is mobile ordering, but it's in a store that's just for mobile ordering. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Space, okay. Yeah. And that's, the space yeah. itself, I guess, because there aren't any long lines and things like that could be more beneficially used, which is why they're promoting the idea of workspaces and expandable tables and all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, apart from the just walk out technology that I really need to look more into. Um, yeah, it seems like it's kind of what we already have, but just repackaged. So maybe this is just, um, I don't know, could it be a little bit gimmicky almost? I'm not sure, because if you're just offering the same, at the end of the day, the consumer wants to know what the end result is, right? And so if it's just kind of like ordering from an app and just picking up, um it's not too innovative, but yeah, I can see how they were trying to bring in this the store experience and with the whole Amazon Go thing. But um, yeah, oh, 100%. There isn't much innovation happening here. It's just taking yeah. what we already know and making it better, I think. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Starbucks is good at that. And charging, yeah, really and charging more than oh. anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X-Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.